Why is this not working? Everybody, welcome to another episode of Creators Outlet. Our special guest tonight. Welcome back, uh, Michael. Hey, what's it's up? Been, it's been a while, and uh, you just launched a kick your kick your newest Kickstarter earlier today. That's right, and it is doing quite well from what we saw. Yeah, no, I'm really, really excited. It's um, uh, you know, anytime you put stuff out into the world, uh, you're hoping you won't hear crickets <laughs> and uh, we're 50% funded uh, and it's been less than 12 hours. So I'm pretty, I mean, every time I go into these Kickstarters with, um, uh, with the sire, which, which uh, you and we kind of talked backstage about like how much this character means to me. And it was my jumping off point. Um, there's still that fear that people are not going to re kind of respond to what you're doing. And um, so I, I, I always keep modest goals uh, or I set modest goals with the Kickstarters. Um, and this one, I, I keep inching it up every single time I do one with Sire. Uh, I think the first one I did was like 500 and the second one was five was second one was like 750. And then I did, I did a trade paperback one for a thousand. And then uh, so this, this one was 1500 and um you know, that'll pretty much cover my costs for everything, which is which is awesome. Um, but it's more of a litmus test. And uh, to see we're kind of already halfway there uh, means I'm doing something right. Almost definitely, yeah. Well, you know, like you said, you don't, you don't like to launch these things and, you know, hear crickets for like the first couple of days. Exactly. No, that's, that is the last thing we want to do. We definitely don't, um, you know, it... it Kickstarters are mentally extremely uh, draining. <laughs> like they are, um, they they people kind of see Kickstarters going on. And they're like, "Wow, I want to get in this because you know I'm reaching my audience and like you know and 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 it, I'm skipping the middleman and I'm skipping the gatekeeper and you know." But it's more than just like, "Hey, I want to put this thing out there into the world." Um, it's there's so much pre prep that goes into it that, um, that people kind of don't take for, you know, the people don't realize. And, um, once you start getting into it, you're like, wow. Um, I've had a lot of people come up to me and they're like, can you give me advice on doing a Kickstarter? Cause you've done a few of these now. And I'm like, yeah, you need to build up your social profile. You need to build up your email newsletter. You need to build up your engagement. You know, you need to get into, you know, get used to talking to people online, which, you know, for some people is actually really not hard. Um, I love going to conventions. I love talking to people directly and making connections, you know, face to face. Um, and they kind of come away with, from the conversation, like, wow, that's, that's a lot harder than I thought it was going to be, or that's a lot more than I thought it was going to be. And, um, and it is, you know, it, it, it really is. So, um, so again, to kind of get the response I'm getting so far, that's day one. Um, you know, anything can happen, <laughs> and I definitely don't take it for granted. But um, you know, at the same time, pretty pretty happy about all that. Yeah, it, a lot of people don't realize that as much work as it is to do the actual book from yeah. from start to finish, it's almost more nerve wracking to actually set up the Kickstarter. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, it's. Um, you know, this is the first Kickstarter I'm actually feeling somewhat comfortable. Um, and it's weird, too, because I've done, I guess, I, I think this is my sixth Kickstarter. 
yeah, sixth or seventh, something like that. And I collaborated recently um, with a good friend of mine, James Massey from Dread Productions, and kind of watching how he does what he does. Um, and he is he's hitting that next level of Kickstarter. Uh, you know, when you start seeing people, um, you know, earning the five to six to seven to ten thousand dollar kind of range, and then you know, obviously there's there's higher ranges. I mean, there's people going, um, you know, even even further than that. Um, but but to see what he's been able to do over the past year or two, um, it, it it taught me a lot, and it was it's made me more comfortable um, doing it. And this is I think this is the first Kickstarter I'm actually having fun with. Like I, I went into this rather than dreading all the the pre work, I actually kind of enjoyed it. And um and that's you look hey that's half the battle sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is is just enjoying you know uh, enjoying what you do. I, so. I, 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 obviously, as you know, I have my own podcast and um, we recently had Michael Watson on, who's a good friend of mine as well, too. And he's got a Kickstarter going and we were talking about the process. I just had him on the other day. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, Mike's Mike's awesome. And um, and he and I were talking about how it was actually like he was getting into like the analytics and he was getting into all this stuff and and he was getting into the business side. And as a as a creative, um, you know, I run my own business, uh, but I but to get into the marketing aspect, to get into like the data aspect, like, and to actually enjoy it. Like he was, he was, you could see the look in his face. Like he really was, he was not just grasping it, but he was loving it. And I've always kind of not loved that aspect in terms of mixing like the business and the creative, but this is the first time I'm kind of like, no, you know what, this is, you know what, when you do the work beforehand um, and you get familiar with the process, it gets easier. Yeah, then you just have to come up with new names for every every tier and every stretch goal and Yep. Yep. It's not that it's what people don't realize is when you set it up if you're doing if you're doing obviously if you're doing a, a full 30 days, yeah. They they want you to set up like this like 6 month marketing plan for it beforehand and 30 day Kickstarter so here's the other thing too that people don't realize about Kickstarter. Um, how do I, what's the best analogy for this? It is essentially like this like buzz, like this fly in your ear, right? Um, even if you get funded, it doesn't matter, right? Like I could get funded in in 24 hours, and hey, grab a beer and celebrate and 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 be happy about it. But then you have the next 15 um, days, in my case, or 30 days to then you need to keep doing stuff. And it becomes this constant like, well, how's it going? Well, how's it doing? Am I doing enough? Like you almost feel (laughs) in in no way. And this, this is the state of the Internet right now. I have to actually clarify this statement. In no way am I comparing this to the work that Oscar Schindler did. However, the best analogy I can come up with is from Schindler's list is like, did I, did this watch could have freed more people? You know, did that Facebook post, I could have gotten, you know, three more pledges, you know, like you just, you, you, you constantly are thinking about it. Um, and yes, that is the sorry state of the internet that I have to literally tell you, I am not comparing <laughs> Kickstarter work to the work that Oscar Schindler did. Um, but the analogy is there and, and it works. It's, 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 it's like. Yeah, you have to. You're just. You're. It's like a constant fly in your ear. A constant. Yeah, you, you have to. You have to share it out. You have to do, you know, updates to keep connected to the people that have already pledged. Uh, you have to keep talking to people like you and me on yep. podcasts. Yep. Um, you know, posting it in, and not just the indie groups, but you know, yeah. your personal page, and then, you know. Hopefully, you know, fans of yours will, will, you know, once they, once they pledge to it, will will share it out, you know, on, on Twitter and Facebook and yep. every other social platform they yep. use and more and more people will see it and, you know, you got to get it spreading like melted butter on a lobster. Yeah, no, and it, and it is, and it, it, it's a, it's a lot of work, but again, you know, in this particular case, um, I'm really approaching, like, it's weird to say, right? Like, when you're you're creating comics and you're creating stories, you would think, 
um, it's all just like, it's all just fun, right? Like you just think like automatically, like you're all, oh, you're having fun. You're doing this stuff. Um, a good friend of mine, Darren Sanchez, though, he works, he works over at Marvel and he was, you know, he and I collaborated on a whole bunch of stuff before. And we, we've talked about things in the past where it's like, no matter what you do, right. There's a point where it's, where it becomes like a job or it becomes work. Um, I won't say a job, a job, like the job to me is like the worst phrase you can do. Right. But it becomes work. Right. And in the past, not kind of knowing what I wanted to do with the character and not knowing what I want to do with the IP, um, and not having a clear vision, you know, it, it always made me say, well, I guess Kickstarter, maybe I'll do Kickstarter, you know, maybe I'll dip my toe in it. And then you realize all the work that goes in and you're like, man, I don't, I don't want to do all that kind of work because you just, you, you don't have the end goal in mind. Um, when you're kind of like dipping your toe and like, you know, the, what's the phrase like half pregnant, you know, or, or, you know, whatever the case is, you know? And, um, and in this case, like I'm, I'm like deep dive, like I'm jumping off the diving board and, and like, no, I like, I love this character. I know where the story is going to go to the point where I need to get, I, I want to tell it. Um, and in this particular case, this is the first Kickstarter um, I'm doing where I'm actually drawing, you know, the whole book. So it's, it's, um, it's something I've flirted with for a lot of years and, uh, and things have kind of aligned to the point where I can actually a fit it into my schedule, but B more importantly, um, do artwork that I'm proud of. Um, and that's, that's a big thing. Like I, I, I see a lot of people on Kickstarter and this is no offense to people, but like I've seen a lot of projects and I'm like, mm, no, that's, that's where I was 20 years ago. Like, like in terms of the artwork, like it's not like if they were to submit that to a publisher, the publisher would say the artwork is not good enough to be published. Um, and you know, beauty of Kickstarter is, yeah, there's, there's no gatekeepers, but I think we're living in a world with no gatekeepers right now. And, um, and quality control is, is definitely <laughs> something that is lacking. Um, and then the gatekeepers themselves don't have the same power they used to. Um, and that's, you know, you know, they then become reliant to the, um, to the system and it's, and it drags them down too. I mean, we see this in news. We see this in, you know, as soon as, as soon as the news became free on the internet, you know, newspapers shut down. Um, newspapers, you might sit there and say, well, I don't want to pay for news. Well, it's, it's okay. You don't want to pay for it, but now we don't get real news anymore. Right? Like, mm -hmm. and, and I'm not talking about whatever aisle you're on because both sides suffer from the same problem of not getting uh, all the news. Um, and it's the same thing with creativity, right? It's the same thing with comics where, you know, okay, great. Yeah, this is great. I can go and connect directly to an audience. I have a concept that's, that works and I have a concept and I have, and, and I have, an, I have a vision for something that's going to be great. And for every one of those that really is, despite maybe the artwork not being, you know, a hundred percent, what a, what a publishing company would, would, would deem, worthy enough of, of kind of going through, um, you've got 10 other books that it's like, like I just, I looked at a Kickstarter today. Um, and I, I do, I love back. I like, I like backing stuff on Kickstarter. I actually, I enjoy it. Like I enjoy, you know, reading new concepts and reading new, new projects. Um, but I gotta say like a lot of them, I, I end up getting disappointed with, I end up like reading the book and I'm like, I'm like, well, this wasn't really, uh, as good as it could have been because there's they are there aren't anybody there there is no like chains on it there's nobody like overseeing this you can tell like uh you know what they're doing isn't isn't quite up to a level that i personally would do for my own books and again this is just me i, I you know I, this is my own opinion of my own work um and that's kind of where this tangent kind of started from but um you know, I looked at the Kickstarter today and I was like, oh, the, the, the video looks cool and the cover cover art looks totally pro. And then I scrolled down and I and I looked at the book and it's like the lettering, the word balloons are like choking the 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 type and the font and the font is like a font that like it's not a real comic book font. Like it's it is, but it's kind of like using like comic sans. Like you just wouldn't do it, you know? Like um it, it's um you you can just see it and you're like, ah that guy or girl who's doing this, they're not there yet. Like they're just not there yet. And, and, mm -hmm. um, and then the concept itself was basically, you know, in this particular case, it was like the boys, 
It was like, in a world without heroes, someone gets a hero. Someone becomes superpowered. Are they going to be a dick or are they going to be good? And it's like, oh, all right. Well, that's the boys. Like, I don't know. You didn't tell me anything different. You know, the boys basically just answers that question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I don't I don't know of anything that's and, – and this is the thing, right? Like, that creator, this might be their first project. It might be one of um, – you know, it might be something that, um, you know, that that – again it's maybe it's their first project or maybe it's like one of their first projects and and they're going through the growing pains so you know again i don't fault them for the i don't fault them uh, for taking it to kickstarter but for me personally i would ne- i i would always just feel self-conscious about that kind of um professionalism and, and just you know how i represent the work i do and um you know in many ways i look back at some of the stuff i did with sire originally and i'm like you know what i can do this better and that's kind of what's got me really you know supercharged now it's like no i can not only can i do this better but like you know i can draw better and um and i've been doing enough comics now that like this is not it's not my first rodeo and and uh and it's and it's cool like i, I don't know again just just in a really good a really good place for this book and 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 i'm i'm kind of like taking it as serious as I did when I first launched it. Yeah. And I, and uh, I took a long time there. So <laughs> I always, I always tell people no matter what you do with your, with your indie project, one of the first things you need to do is make sure you have an editor and a good editor. Yeah. And a pro letterer. Because even if it's not the best yes. art you saw, if it's a decent story, you can still enjoy it, but not if you can't read it, yeah. you know, or if, it, or if it's just like, if it's crushed together or the letters are way too spaced apart. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm like, my 12 year old does better jobs. At, that's at the worst. That's like, honestly, the worst thing, right? Like, and, and I've seen this before too. And, and, I, and it sucks too, because a lot of times, um, you know, you'll develop personal relationships with people, even if it's online, right? And and I don't want to. I, I I shouldn't even say even if it's online, right? Like online is. Um, There's nothing else but online. Yeah, like I mean, especially year, so. in COVID times, right? Um, but but uh, but I mean it. I mean that in a sense of like, I think online um, communication is just by its very nature different than in person communication, right? Oh, yeah. like it, it just is. Uh, this is actually more of a personal. Um, communication uh personal relationship streaming together because at least we see each other and i and i mm-hmm. think like that is like everyone's like why is social media so bad it's like because you can't see the other person you don't know context you don't know tone um you know mm-hmm. if you post something that you think you're putting into a vacuum you know it's read a hundred different ways by a hundred different people that don't have, have never met you uh in many cases and can be easily misinterpreted or um, can be used against you. Uh, I mean, there's, there's so much, there's so much room for, uh, ruin on social media. Um, oh my God. I saw a story today where some guy was arrested for a meme he posted. Wow. Five but now, years. Is it real or not? That's the other thing too. Now you gotta, I mean, like maybe the story is not true. I don't know. Like that's the worst part about social media. You don't well, know. Yeah, I know. But you know, I, I saw it from like three different you know, actual sources, yeah. uh, you know, not just, you know, Joe Schmo. Yeah. Uh, apparently, uh, back in the 2016 election as a, as a joke, this guy posted up, you know, this made this fake Hillary meme where people could text their votes. Like it was American idol <laughs> to vote for Hillary and apparently, upon investigation, they found out that uh, close to like fifty thousand different oh. numbers texted okay. this thing. All right. And I'm like, I go still. If you can't get it through your skull that we can't we can't text a vote in the real world. That's only <laughs> you know. Okay, so that is probably definitely true. Um, mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, it's illegal. Yeah, it's absolutely illegal. Oh, and, yeah, I know. You know, without a doubt, that guy deserves to be um, 
arrested because that's just it's not good and there was another one too and i i don't know what it was it was another one and it was a meme i don't know what it was about but it was some guy from florida so it just florida man strikes again (laughs) so i'll just be like whatever it was florida they probably deserve that too but definitely uh yeah no definitely florida no good (laughs) you know but when i when i first saw the headline man jailed for five-year-old meme i'm like what and then I'm like listening at my door. I go, uh, they come in for me next, and I read further into the story. Yeah, I go, yeah well, that, oh, I go, oh, well, I've never done anything like that. That you better be careful because they could come for you. But I tell you, look, people have to start realizing that uh, there's just there's consequences to the internet, and mm-hmm. um, and until you know, until people kind of come to terms with that, um, you know, it's the wild wild west, right? Like, but it's not going to be anymore. Like. You know, again, not to get political, I'm not talking about which side of the aisle you're on, but the Capitol riots was the first time people in government positions were like, wait a minute, this isn't, you know, the internet can actually hurt us for real. Like in real life, it could actually hurt us. So, yeah, they, they were fine with the rest of the country burning down. But exactly. when, it got, when it came to their door, they were like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, I, but then, you know, obviously it came to their doorstep. I mean, and, and so now, you know, we're living in a, we're living in an interesting like crossroads with all this, um, you know, and, and, and again, I'll, 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 I love having political discussions amongst friends, amongst people that understand it. Um, so everything I, t- I say now has no bearing on, on whatever side of the aisle, right? These are, these are general conversations. Um, the Twitter banning people from, uh, or, or, you know, sorry, Twitter, corporate banning people from their site, um, you know, raises a lot of questions uh, in terms of, you know, is social media private companies uh, or is it a communication flow? Is it, you know, uh, you know, what is the definition of this stuff? Because by by the strictest definition, you know, Amazon taking parlor off. Right. I mean, that's something that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, raises a lot of questions. And I think this is the first time uh, people kind of outside, um, you know, just the internet itself are raising these questions and being like, wait a minute, we got to actually intervene. So, so it's, it's, you know, I don't know how we got here, but I, I you know, I could talk about this stuff all day. I actually love it. But, um, you know, but at the same time, I, I you know, you got to be careful, right? Like, yeah, like I said, like I got to, I literally yeah. cover myself and be like, I don't mean to offend anybody who, <laughs> who, yeah, well, because, you know, for like the last 10 years, apparently everybody's been offended by everything. I know. You know. America, what are we offended at today? I'm like, look, if you're that fragile, stay in your mother's basement <laughs> or grandma's basement or, you know, the back porch of your house, wherever. Because, yeah. you know, if you're that fragile, let me tell you something. If you're that fragile for that, the internet is not the place for you. The, the thing that's interesting to me and um, oh we talked about gatekeepers yeah the, the lack of gatekeepers and and how publishing companies go away but but keeping up the quality of our work uh, and that's how we got it but I actually I like I like talking about this too right um, the what 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 I'm realizing um, and what I'm kind of looking at and this is I, I'm not by no means do I have like a unique opinion on this I think lots of people share this opinion or or brought this opinion up beforehand um, there's a great documentary on Netflix uh, the social dilemma um, which again doesn't also break new ground with what they're saying but at least reminds you um, because it's from the people who created these social apps and they're like turn your notifications off don't listen to the you know don't go on social media don't go on the app I created um, you know they don't realize that what they're people are being manipulated um, and they're being manipulated on such a, a level that it's undetectable to the, to the naked eye or, or uh, the naked finger, the naked thumb, you know, as, as they're scrolling through their phone. Um, you know, the, the term woke is an interesting one, right? Like it, it implies like, Oh, all of a sudden we woke up to these things. Um, we woke up to the fact there's inequality and 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 a need for social justice and a need for this and a need for that. Um, and in many ways, that's a good thing. But in many ways, uh, it's not because what I think is happening is a lot of outside forces 
Russia, China, Ukraine, Korea, all these other outside forces are poking at us. And, you know, even people within our country are poking at each other and manipulating, you know, our thoughts. So do we all agree, you know, that that there should be more equality? Yeah, absolutely. Do we need to be enraged by it every second of every day? No, uh, we need to live a normal life. Now, COVID doesn't help, obviously. I think that plays a role in it as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think that having, you know, bots and, you know, burner accounts and just in general. Now, let me ask you a question. Um, and this is along the lines of it. I mean, what's your experience on message boards like how far back do message boards go for you oh my god uh high school yeah so i you know i used to like i was a big buffy fan right and buffy was the first like message board experience i had and um and i remember getting on there and just like the level and this is before like bots and robots and 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 burner Mm -hmm. accounts and and fake accounts the level of vitriol and the level of just like nasty behavior was like, was like, Hmm, I think Willow's going to be the villain. F you. You don't know what you're talking about. You're scum. I'll come to your door and kick. It. I'm like, Whoa, geez, guys, like, like settle down. Like we're on a Buffy like message board here, like mm-hmm. talking fan theories, you know, or like, don't give me this, you know, like, and, and because people act differently, um, uh, you know, keyboard warriors yeah and that's the thing right um that's people people act differently when they don't have to be face to face with somebody like what people would say to my face um or even again through streaming or whatever uh totally different than um you know than uh oh my friend is telling me i'm very engaging that's good (laughs) um you know the level of um you know, people just act differently, like on social media than that, oh, yeah. and, and on message board. And so, basically, social media is just message board culture brought to the mainstream. And now we're just we're living in it. Um, you know, and again, don't know how we got here from Kickstarter, but uh, it's it's um, like I'm I'm like the Capitol riots made me legitimately worried for the state of humanity because I never thought it would cross that line from virtual to real. Um, and again, I'm not talking about anything political, just the fact that um, people could mobilize on the internet, become enraged on the internet, become um, you know coordinated and piped into and you know everything can be kind of like blown to this unbelievable proportion. Um, it's a scary it's a scary prospect. It's a scary prospect right now. But hey, we're making comics, so that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, because we need this divergence. And uh, you've been doing this since, you know, si- since sixth grade. So. Yeah. Yeah, no. And then, you know, definitely. Um, and yeah, I, still Kickstarter, have, Kickstarter. I, still, I still have some of those early books like you described. Oh, you do? Oh, see, the heavy paper that are stapled together. That's what it's all about. You know, the in, the indie guys at the cons, they just want to get their stuff out there. And, uh, you know, up until like the last few years, yeah, there was no way that a guy that wanted to just, that wanted to just put out like 500, you know, two to 500 books could afford to go to a print. Yeah. So, you know, what's interesting. So with this Kickstarter, to get it back to comics, um, mm-hmm. I'm doing something I never did before either, which is this is technically issues 11, 12, and 13. Um, but I never actually put out any of the single issues. Now, there's a reward where I will literally print up a small short run of single issues if you want to read it in floppy format versus trade format. And I had a backer for that already, like which I thought was kind of kind of cool, and it, and it kind of like justified um, you know why I ended up doing that as a as a reward right mm-hmm. um but this is the first time i'm basically just instead of kickstarting single issues and then kickstarting a trade and it's a lot of work and and again i'm not a, i'm not opposed to the work but i almost kind of said 
you know, it's not worth the, the extra energy to do all this because of so much, you know, like so much work that goes into it. And, and kudos to the people that do it. But um, there's a writer called Pat Shand, and um, and he, with his books, that's what he does. He does the trades. At, he does the Kickstarters in volumes, and then he releases digitally. He goes in Comicsology. He releases them digitally in Comicsology. Um, you know, he might do short run prints if he wanted to, but he won't, you know, but really there's no, and again, not to sound like a businessman, but there's no money in, in the floppies anymore. There just isn't, um, you know, not unless you're Marvel and DC and, uh, people are coming to the, you know, to the comic book stores, you know, every week to pick up their new comics. Um, I mean, I remember doing Sire back in the day. I mean, our first, our first issue sold like 2000 copies, which for an indie book back then, that was wow. that's a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. It's 2006. I mean, I did a lot of legwork. You know, issue two came out, immediately sold a thousand, you know, and then issue three sold, I think, like 800. Uh, and those were the initial orders. And then I got some reorders and life was good. And then I did a second miniseries, you know, second miniseries, I sold like 1200 of the first issue. Uh, but then immediately it was like 600, you know, it immediately cuts in half um, because a comic book store is not going to order something they don't know if they can sell. They'll sell, they'll buy an issue one. Uh, and if they get a demand, they'll ask for an issue four, you know, like you wouldn't get anything until issue four. So, you know, keeping along those lines, I'm like, you know what, let me do essentially the next three issues. Um, I gave myself a six month window. It's two pages a week, which is, which is totally doable of, uh, of getting this next volume out and, and, and it'll be a trade. And even at the shows, um, I don't sell single issues at, at conventions, you know, no one wants the single issues. Uh, they want the first issue and they want the trade. Um, so I figured with this Kickstarter, why not give it to them like that? Well, they want the issue one because they figure that's a key. If it's an issue one yeah. of a new book and a new character mm -hmm. and then, well, you know, you know, cause you're in the, you're in the, you're in the business thereof. And mm -hmm. you talk about comic book stuff every week on your podcast. Yeah. And, uh, you know, along with, you know, movies and TV and all kinds of other cool stuff. Uh, on the geek realm, of course. Yeah. And, and uh, but 65% of sales in comics are all trades and graphic novels. Yeah. Because people want to be able to, especially an average 22 page comic is like five bucks. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm and, like, and, and just from a price, you're right. Exactly. Just from a pricing standpoint, like, my my cost for a trade paperback um is is a few dollars more <laughs> than putting together not a few dollars but more, but but you know to be able to put out a 72 page graphic novel is infinitely cheaper in the long run than putting out three separate floppies mhm mm and, and jason um, don't forget about having the first edition signed as well oh well yeah yeah but i could sign the trade i'm good with that Man, I miss conventions. I don't know. Were you a big? Did you go to a lot oh, of conventions? Oh yeah, I yeah. loved. I loved conventions. Yeah, I once stepped on Walter Koenig's foot at a Star Trek convention. Oh, there you go. Well, luckily for him, I was about three hundred pounds lighter at the time. <laughs> you know, I was like, you know, six three and like, you know, a buck twenty five or something. Oh man. Oh I wow. Was, I was yeah, I was young. You could fit through like doorways. Like the slits and doorways, like <laughs> yeah, and and now um, what they say about you know when you get older you start to shrink. Mm. Uh, they're only talking about height, nothing else. <laughs> Sadly, uh, you know. So at one point I was six three, uh, but now I'm bald, so maybe that was all the hair. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, so now I'm about I'm about six two. And oh, a couple still of years, pretty good. A couple of years ago, I was closing in on six hundred pounds. Oh my gosh! And now, how I, you doing now? Now, uh, I've lost, I've lost a couple of pounds. I'm oh. down to three seventy six. That's not, but that's more than a couple. Yeah, You'd be well, very a couple, proud. A couple of hundred, yeah. Yeah, a couple hundred. I mean, that's you know. So, and what I've is actually, your what is your goal weight? Oh, my goal weight is to be able to buy clothes at a regular store. <laughs> what's the, well, what's the weight? You gotta, you gotta actualize the goal. That's I'm telling you, that's um, 
that's the funny thing, right? Like that's um I I'd be happy hitting under anywhere under 300 because when I was weight training that's that's what I was that's what I was at. Yeah, I was about I was about 290 and I uh, a friend of mine who's a who's a professional bodybuilder and uh-huh. own, owns his own gym and everything. Uh, I was training I was training with him. And you know now I've got the chicken old lady flabby arms underneath and everything. Yep. Be- because you know I was in a I was in a hospital bed for almost three years, so I you know all that all that muscle loss and mm-hmm. everything else. So you know I'd have a, I'd have to uh, you know I, I started lifting again at home. You know just like just like kettlebells. So I flip up the arms of my wheelchair and I just you know do some lifting and then get like okay. really, really tired and go take a nap for a couple hours and then come do a podcast. Yeah, no, you can definitely hit that. You could easily hit that. Yeah. I, 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 you know what? It's, um, but I lost over 200 pounds, uh, just by changing my diet. So, well, that's what I was going to say. It's all diet. It really is all diet. Like that's the, that's the crazy part. It's diet and self-control. Um, and two things that are not easy <laughs> by any, by any stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, but even it's just, it's just cutting down. So, uh, cutting down the calories, my wife, my wife got into beach body, which is one of those like shakeology kind of things, whatever. But, um, but she did, she like, she just totally, she, she stuck to the program the first three days. She wanted to like kill everyone. Um, and she, you know, she lost the weight that she was looking to lose and she looks fantastic. She's just, she's healthier and she's happier. Um, you know, it can, it can definitely be done. Um, it's not easy, but it's, but it is also simple, right? Or maybe it's, it's not simple, but it's easy. Something it, like that. It, it can go, once you get used to the diet mm-hmm. and you're like, uh, as long as you don't think about like, every once in a while I'm like, oh man, I miss ice cream so bad. <laughs> you know, but I mean, I had. I had soda this past weekend, and that's the first time I've had soda mm-hmm. in like a year. Okay, you know, so I cut out the ice cream. I have it every great once in a while, like when I was when I used back in the day when I was lifting. Okay, I would have like one cheat day a week, and the rest of the time I would, you know, I would stay, you know, pretty much on course. Yeah, you know, for the diet, and uh, you know. I don't, I don't drink anymore. That's good. Or any less. Um, <laughs> no, no, I actually, I actually, well, I can't afford to drink. So, uh, what every once in a while. Drinking, uh, drinking is actually the, is an Achilles heel in terms of just weight, weight gain. And, and, mm-hmm. um, uh, because empty, it's an escape. It, yeah. Nice thing. But it's, but it's also empty calories. Right. There's no, there's very, very little benefit to drinking. Um, at least beer anyway, it really, really is empty calories. And, yeah, and, um, and I'm diabetic, so mm-hmm. I'm type two diabetic, so I can't really, there's really not too much. I can't drink. I can, I can drink, uh, clear liquid. Like you could drink like vodka and stuff like that. Yeah. Any, any brown booze, which of course is, you know, what I like. Can't drink that because it's all full of sugar. That's just, yeah. Oh yeah. That's all sugar. And, you know, so if I, if I, you know, if I go out to like, you know, a family function and somebody offers me something, I'll take like, you know, maybe a glass, you know, maybe a glass of white wine okay, or, uh, you know, like a vodka and like a little with a, with a splash of OJ or something and, you know, that's it. Then I'm, you know, drinking water or coffee for like the rest of the day. And I, I go through about five pounds of coffee a week. The, the caffeine's good for weight loss and not good. Because mm-hmm. it, 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 it kind of jacks but, you up and makes uh, you hungry in certain ways, too. Okay. Excellent mug. Excellent mug. I'm a tea guy. I've always been a tea guy, but tea has just as much caffeine as coffee. Uh, uh, and, depending on the tea, uh, sometimes it actually has more caffeine. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's so. Um, yeah, definitely, um, definitely got to be careful with that. But hey, man, that's that. Look, still, three hundred pounds. That's friggin' amazing, dude. Yeah, You're amazing. I'm, 
You should be, no. you should be super excited and super proud of that. I'm thrilled. Now, now get this is what I want you to do, right? Um, it's all about actualizing the goals, right? Yeah, get a I've number in your head. I've gone from the blob to the rhino. <laughs> get the next number in your head, and 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 work toward that because I think that's gonna like it's um yeah it's just it's so it's especially especially right now. Yeah, I'm hoping to hit uh. By this Christmas, I'm hoping to hit a little under three. You could do it. You know, the so next that, time I'm on the show, I want you. I want you to. Uh, I want you to be on your way. I'm going to hold you accountable. I'll be your accountability coach. Okay. Look at me. <laughs> That's what it is. Every time I move away from the cam, mm-hmm. it mutes me. Ah. Interesting. Well, you're you're not muted. You're good. Try to grind your own coffee beans. Totally different taste. Oh, okay. See now, where are we on Facebook? I see that. I see. I see the comments coming in, but I don't see where Facebook. I went to your page. I don't see it. I um, see it. right now we are streaming on the Outright Geekery Facebook page. Uh, twenty-two thousand followers. Yeah, where is that now? The what is it called? Outright Geekery. Outright Geekery. All right. I'm going to find this here. Why didn't you tell me that? I would have been on there. I like I like chatting. I love, I, I like the live experience. Um, I miss it too, actually. We're on uh, Outright Geekery's Facebook page, and they have a Facebook page, and they have a group. So okay. it's, the, it's the page you're looking for. All right, I think uh, I'm on the group. No, I think I'm on the page. Oh, no, it's yeah. a group. It says sign up. Mm, where's yep. the actual... There's Patreon, Outright Geekery. Where are we? Where can I find this? I want to. I want to. Okay. I wanna, well, I'll do. I'll do this. Look at you. Do it. I'll do this. Watch this. Boom, 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 boom. Why am I doing the Jaws theme song? That's <laughs> well, just I thought it was very appropriate. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I'm hunting for something, so yeah. Right. I don't. You know. Totally. Hey, we're 26 backers. All right. Said so we are officially. We are almost halfway there. We uh fifteen hundred dollar goal seven oh one on the first day. Um, God, that's that's just awesome, man. Like it really is. Like that is. Now here's a funny thing you might be finding with some of your guests who have kickstarters, tons of digital uh, backers. Like at least oh, yeah. half my backers digital. Yes, and John Barrett is over on. My my own YouTube channel over at Creators Outlet on YouTube. So this is going to. Oh, there's YouTube. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Hello. All right. I like to see. I like I like. So we used to do radio. Oh, hello, Saya Studios. <laughs> we used to do a. Um, yeah, we used to do a live radio show and and it was it was cool because we would see the comments coming in and we would do it um Mm -hmm. podcast is cool but it's totally like we we comment uh separate from the show because the show is more about recording the podcast and um Mm -hmm. i kind of miss that i kind of like i like um i like the idea of uh of the the live stream and and i think a streamer seems to be pretty good too yeah uh there we go jason Miranda. boom the only thing that got me about them is like I said the other day when they decided, well, if we switch the audio download to MP4, it'll be yeah. faster. Yeah. Yeah. And then nobody can use the audio <laughs> on their, you know, on their podcast platforms afterwards. Oh, so they, uh, the girl was very nice that I, that I spoke to. She had, uh, she had StreamYard's tech team. Uh, I sent them an invite to, yesterday's episode okay and so they had the code for it and they went in they went in and they uh they recoded the episode for me and sent it as an attachment and a downloadable email so i could fix yesterday's uh thing and they put on a uh they put a a ticket into uh their tech teams about the issue i was having and be like you know if people want to download it and they don't care they just want to listen to it separately yeah you know, that's great. Uh, just make it a drop down bar. Yeah. Just make I it a drop down like, menu. You know, it's like 
it's weird. I feel like StreamYard is one of those Zoom-like companies that all of a sudden were like, holy crap, there is a huge demand for our services now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Zoom was funny. So we start, we moved from the radio show to, to doing uh, Zoom podcasts, but this was before COVID. This is like a year before COVID. Mm -hmm. um, I got turned on to Zoom and I, and I loved it. I, I was like, wow, this is like, you know, <laughs> somewhere there's crickets chirping where Skype is. And, um, <laughs> you know, and I was like, this is great. And then all of a sudden I should have invested in Zoom stock when COVID hit, but who knew? Um, and now like there, like there was Zoom bombing. Then I have to use passwords. Like it's still, it's still my preferred choice to do it. But now I look into something like StreamYard and now like everyone in the, in the Kickstarter comics community is just doing StreamYard and it's, um, it's fascinating to me. I don't know, like it, it. seems it seems pretty easy, and uh, and it seems like you do a lot with it. So I, I well, I I pay. Uh, I got the mid level one, so I pay like twenty five dollars a month. Okay. So I have like you know ec extra stuff, and I don't mm -hmm. have the duck up there. You yeah. Know, above your head is uh, our the logo for uh, yeah. the NSC Live Roadshow, which uh, I am I am part of. So we. Uh, they have uh, – he also has a company called Inked Marketing okay. where he helps. Uh, he's got like over 35 years of marketing experience, and he helps Kickstarter people market their stuff to make sure they have, you know, a, you know, a successful run. And this is one of like the many shows all around the world that he sends – he sends people to that's awesome and i'm just like cool so i have like two different pr firms sending sending me you know pros but you know anybody that gets paid for something is a pro so it's not you know so you're a pro the last you know the last michael was a pro anybody that gets paid for a service so anybody that's had that's a successful six Kickstarter right. is a professional comic creator. That's right. Um, I think it gets misused because we usually refer to pros as anybody that's worked for Marvel or DC. Yeah. It's interesting, though. You know, it's funny. I never really wanted to work with. I mean, I can't. I wouldn't turn it down. Um but I was like doing my own thing. I don't know. Like I just, I always did. Like I loved, like that was the thing. Like when I did the Sire universe, I mean, I created mm -hmm. a universe. It, I, like I looked, I looked up to more like Savage Dragon, right? Where Eric Larson took something he created when he was a kid and built an entire, you know, professional life on it. And I was like, that's, that's where I want to go. Um, and, you know, would it be cool to write Spider-Man? Yeah. Would I kill it? Sure. Would X Men be awesome? Yeah, it'd be great. Um, but but you can't write what you would want to write. You'd have maybe, to write. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'd maybe I'd pitch something and it would and it would be great. I don't know. Oh yeah. Well, you never. But it was. You, know, you never know. And you've been you've been writing for so long. You know. Yeah. I got so I a year. I mean, this is going back to to three. I actually got, and I should have taken the interview. That was stupid of me not to at least do the interview. But I was working at Wizard Magazine. Uh, which is back, by the way. I just found out Wizard Wizard Magazine's coming back. I've been hearing that for a long time now. I think it's going to come back. Um, and um, I got a phone call from a friend of mine who's over at Marvel. He's like, yeah, I got an assistant editor's job. Would you like to come interview for it? And I literally had just gotten promoted at Wizard. I had just got an apartment. I had like, like oh, and I'm sitting there going, ah, I can't do it right now. And... I should have at least taken the interview, um, but that was as close to working for Marvel as I came. And part of me kind of sits there and goes, mm, I wonder what would have happened. But man, that was so long ago now. Um, and, and I'm in a much better place uh, creatively and, and doing stuff. So I don't I don't really look back and go like, ah, I wish I would have worked at Marvel because um, I don't know. I just. Yeah, it, I guess it's interesting, right? Like, I think back in 03, working for Marvel Comics would have been like a cute thing to do. Now it'd have been like you work at Marvel. Oh my god! Like, like it's so mainstream now. It's it's weird, dude. It's weird. It's it's this is this is like my twentieth yeah. year in comics. Back and... back in 03, you could walk into a bar, 
buy a round for the bar, be like, I work at Marvel Comics, and then you would have got beat up. Yeah. Or well, I mean, if I bought the round, they wouldn't have gotten beat up. But but yeah, it would have been it would have been well, like, possibly afterwards, but you might you uh, might have gotten like one guy with a Wolverine tattoo and um but you you're not you're not picking up any girls. You're not picking no. up any women. There's no way. No. Now you go to Comic Cons and women are dragging their boyfriends around. And I, I'm just like I'm like, yeah, I'm that's in the bizarre problem. world. No matter what, as a geek, you can't win. It's either girl the hot <laughs> girls are dragging their boyfriends around because you know the MCU. Yeah, I know. I know. It's it's amazing now. Um, we we know. You know. You you know. Sadly, even though I'm a DC fan, uh, it's not the DC universe movies. And you know. No, not right now. It is definitely not. But hey, um, aloha, Tim. My buddy Tim out in Hawaii. Hey, all right. Hawaii. How warm is it in Hawaii right now? It's got to be pretty good, right? Is it always warm in Hawaii? Is this a stupid I, question? I don't even know. I think so. Tim, is it is it warm today? It's probably like 85 out there or something crazy. <sighs> Man. Uh, and it, it's late here, so uh, he's probably either having dinner or, uh, you know, hitting the tea house or something out there. He's gonna I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, though, the wintertime in New York. I'm in New York. Mm -hmm. East Coast, too. The wintertime will show you what kind of person you are because – I am. I tend to actually be in the best shape in the wintertime, which you would think is counterintuitive. And I also tend to be the most productive, which basically means I get distracted <laughs> very easily by warm weather, food and booze in the summertime. <laughs> yes, it's seventy-seven and it's six oh six p.m. There. Oh my gosh! You're just you're eating dinner now. And Jason says, "Hey, WNY here." I don't know what's WNY. What does that mean? Uh, Western, Western New York. Western New York. Okay. I'm just well, taking a. I'm just taking a guess here. If that's the case, that is. That is basically like daytime in Hawaii was 85 with a nice breeze. Oh, you son of a gun! I liked you for a second, Tim. No, no, I don't as much. What is he doing out in Hawaii? Um, he. Oh, oh, Jason, yeah. Jason's in Buffalo, by the way. Buffalo. How much did it snow today in Buffalo? That is permanent winter. Yes. I went to college in Syracuse, I know. Oh, my God. I just have a friend who bought a house in Syracuse. We kept yelling at him, like, why would you buy a house in Syracuse? Oh, He's like, well, Amazon just there. moved there. It's going to be big for business. And we're like, dude, it's going to be cold and awful. Come back home. <laughs> the, the, two, the two biggest things in Syracuse, of course, are the university. Yep. So you got to get you got to get behind collegiate sports. And, you know, not that much, in my opinion. So, <laughs> so a foot. <laughs> no, you get used to it by then. I had friends who went oh, to yeah. Amigo, and they used to have the underground tunnels uh, just to get around like a snow mm -hmm. day. A snow day for them would have been like a blizzard. Um, the only thing you do in Syracuse in the wintertime is shovel, <laughs> ski, and go bowling. Yeah. Bowling is the biggest pastime in Syracuse. That makes sense. I had a friend of mine who was down in Austin, Texas for many years. And uh, he and his fiance and then ended up getting married. And uh, he said to me, he's like, he's like, Mike, he's like, he's like, you're the best friend in the world. You visited me so many times. Then he moved to Syracuse. He's like, but you never visited me in Syracuse. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> I, I I love you and I love visiting, but but I, I ain't gonna visit you in Syracuse. Right, this, is, this is too far up for me. Buffalo's a fun town, by the way, Jason Rando. Yeah, like a foot. No, I don't forget about the bills. Western New York's fun. It's fun to visit. I just I don't know. I, they I, came so close to the Super Bowl. <sighs> I don't buy Josh Allen. I still don't buy him. I still don't. He's he's not there yet. He, the regular season's a different animal than the playoffs. But mm -hmm. but you know, if they can shore up that defense and they can have a run game, then, then what what I find is funny is usually if you know, being from Boston, if usually if anybody leaves a Boston team yeah. and goes anywhere, they're treated like they're usually treated like complete garbage. Mm-hmm. Better than what we had, yeah. 
but no deny. Because, hey, look, there's... because it's because it's Brady. All of a sudden, everybody in New England became Tampa Bay fans as soon as New England was eliminated. Well, let me tell you right now. So I'm a Jet fan, right? So oh, a, I'm sorry. A J- Jason, <laughs> you guys are you guys are way better than us. Um, I still think we we at had the better quarterback when we both first came into the league, but our system destroyed Sam, poor Sam Darnold, uh, Adam Gase destroyed our poor ownership, destroyed him, but that's, that's, you know, that is what it is. Right. Um, I, so a props to the Buffalo bills. Um, I don't want them to do well because I'm, you know, division foe and everything, but, but they're, they're light years ahead of us. So props to that. To Tom Brady, I've been rooting for him the whole playoffs. I have no problems rooting for him because that will stick it to Bill Belichick, and I will be very happy about that. Like all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden they're you know, see Josh McDaniels getting any head coaching interviews? Nah, his system. Yeah, I've seen his system. His systems in Denver was terrible. Uh, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick's not a five hundred coach without Tom Brady. Mm. I've always been saying that, even the year that Brady was injured. They're like, well, Bill Belichick's a great coach. He won 11 games. I'm like, yeah, but the year before with Brady, they won 16. So, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, and look, I'm not saying he's not a great coach. He's obviously a great coach, but uh, I think we all kind of can see now why he was such a great coach. Cause quite frankly, if it wasn't for Mo Lewis knocking out Drew Bledsoe, uh, Belichick wouldn't have been there. He just wouldn't have been there. And then who Uh, just this season, Jason, (laughs) <laughs> this season was 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 especially grueling for the Jets, by the way, because when it was clear in week two that we were like not just bad, but like incompetently bad from like like a, like a structural coaching position. Like it's one thing to be like, well, your players just aren't very good or they're hurt. We had a lot of people that were hurt. A um, lot of a lot of teams did. They didn't look as bad as we did, right? Um. Then they started losing, and they lo- lost at a rate where all of a sudden you're sitting there going, like, wait a minute, we could get Trevor Lawrence. Holy crap, For the- finally, this could actually work out in our benefit. And we got to win two, ga- two games. So, you know. I became a Jacksonville Jaguar fan midway through the season. I was rooting for them to win so bad <laughs> every week. They didn't do it. It was – it's it's funny because I remember a couple of years ago where uh... – the Jets made the news because their fans in the stands at the games were booing them off the field. Well, thank God there were no stands. Yeah, thank God yeah. there were no fans. I mean, it would that would have been interesting. That would have been interesting. You know, but, you know, when I was a kid, your team had a good player. You had Joe Namath. I remember it because I had the Mego figure. I was definitely, yeah. You know, everyone's, everyone's – so here's the thing, right? Like, for me – um, I had Chad Pennington, who was actually a great quarterback. His body just gave out on him. And I also look, we, we knocked Mark Sanchez, and rightfully so, but he had he was he's like the only like one of the only rookies to ever go to the uh, championship game like back to back years, the rookie re- rookie season and second season. I mean, we had some we had some success, followed by just awful awful decade even though KC beat us I'm actually rooting for KC but that's because I have family out in KC so and I have one cousin who actually lives in Canada mm-hmm. uh, her and her her and her, her and her young son dad live in Canada but they come down and her parents uh, live, in, live in KC and uh two of the brothers and then the older brother and the older sister live out here in mass and a couple of different towns. And, uh, so when they go visit, when she goes to visit mom and dad with their son before school goes back in, like for the Christmas break, yeah, they, uh, they go down there and they're both wearing like KC gear and kicking their feet up watching the game. And there's like an entire like photo album every year, like, a, <laughs> like at least a hundred pictures for, you know, football, football photos. Cause there, there's none in, there's none in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. 
but I want to just take a, a quick look at the uh... yeah Kickstarter is rocking and rolling so we just refresh and boing 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 701 26 backers 14 days to go on this I'll give you I'll give you a clue. Go to the very last quote. It's the most important one. And if you can't, if you don't want to buy it after reading it, one more down. There you go, right there. Michael is a wonderful human being, and everybody should buy the sire, Mike's mom. <laughs> Man, that's a wop. That's a Juan Epstein note if ever I saw one. <laughs> If you can't back it after reading that, you have no soul. Yeah. And it is, it's a trade with three issues in it, which of course is the best way to get it. Yeah. Uh, the, the link for it is right in the chat at the very top. Uh, if you're, if you've been, if you've fallen behind, uh, there's the, the Sire volume one, two, and three digital special for $20. Yep. Uh, $25, uh, for the early bird, which is good for today. Uh, yeah. Oh, and that digital special goes up to 25 after today too. Um, okay. So definitely, yeah. Jump on that. You save, you save five bucks, save five bucks, digital special for today. Uh, mock pop variant early bird special. Yeah. She killed it. She killed it on the cover. If you want to scroll up just a little bit, you'll see the cover with, um, Two of the characters, JJ and, and uh, Shatter, and um, that's yours, the ladies. Right? Now keep going up. You'll you'll see it. There you go. This one. Yeah, uh, I call it the ladies who lunch cover, and uh, it's um. Yeah, yeah she, she just knocked it out. She did a great job. It's a good variant, um, but it's cool because there's a um, there's kind of like a side storyline going on between these two characters and it all kind of comes to a head in issue three of the story arc, uh, in this particular trade. So, Oh, cool. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. So there's all kinds of various covers and, and you can be drawn in the comic. You can also buy every single book I've ever made. Um, that's one of the rewards and, uh, and I can actually draw you, um, scroll down a little bit to the rewards if you can. Uh, not through the rewards, but scroll down on the... Uh, oh, on this page, on yeah, this yeah. side. Yeah, keep going down to the actual rewards. You'll see... Keep going, keep, one more. There we go, oh, right there. Oop, up a little bit, up a little bit, up a little bit. Get drawn as your favorite character. So that is a commission I did for somebody, uh, a friend of mine. I drew him and his, uh, him and his kids as uh, Toy Story characters, and his son is the Hulk. And uh, I'll do that for you as well, too. It's a $100 pledge. You get your choice of the cover. So you get a book and you get a, an, an amazing sketch that uh, you guys, you know, can always have. So, And like and I said, pretty proud of the artwork, finally. Like, I'm, like I'm looking at my own artwork and I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, I can, I can do this. I can do this in, in, in high quality. And another limited special is, is you can own the entire Sire Studios library for $200. That's right. Which is a lot of books. Yeah, it is actually. And, look, and, and the Rogue Wave Rogue podcast. Wave. There you go. I've been a guest in the chat of the Rogue Wave podcast. <laughs> I bounced in and out of like about a, at least a dozen different podcasts during the week. So I'll, I'll finish like, you know, one of these and I'll be like, I'll be like, what am I going to do now? And I just scroll through. I go, I go, there's going to be a podcast live somewhere. Yeah, no, we, we appreciate uh, anybody who comes in the chat. And we have a lot of fun uh, when they do. Oh, I know Jim. Yeah, Jim. Jim. Uh, so Jim, Jim and I go way back. We actually used to play football on Saturday mornings in the fall. Like, I mean, again, this is going back 20 years ago. Um, and he kindly donates his artistic talent to uh the sire he's drawn every single trade cover um and uh and he knocked he just he killed it on this one so he's got the standard cover uh it's a character called thomas fireheart uh also known as perilous um who has these like shock powers 
and uh, he has leveled up since the sire has last seen him, and and that kind of kicks off this uh, this volume. Oh, cool! You know, after after looking at it, I want you know, I'm like, even if you even if you haven't read any of the prior issues, it's worth it just to buy Mog's cover. Yes, because oh man, <laughs> it's not bad, right? That was hot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I worked in nightclubs for thirty-five years. Let me tell you, no, that was, that, you know, her that work, her work has actually um, been seen in uh, the Game of Thrones DVDs. She's done a lot of, uh, she did a lot of commissions and stuff for that. So, oh, cool. Yeah, she's definitely up and coming. She's awesome too. She's a terrific promo- promoter too. Um, she really does a great job too. So, it's good stuff, man, all around. Oh, awesome! Uh, why don't you let everybody know where they can uh, follow you guys on social media? Yeah. Um, Instagram and Facebook is Sire Studios. Um, Twitter is Sire underscore studios. Um, you can go check out the Rogue Wave podcast. Um, Rogue Matter is a big thing. We'll, I'll definitely come back on again uh, in a few months to talk to you about uh, Rogue Matter and what, what we're doing at that company right now. Cool. Um, but you can go check out the Rogue Wave podcast. Uh, so just go to facebook.com slash Rogue Matter podcasts. And uh, go check out the Kickstarter. You can go either search for Sire on Kickstarter or go to sirestudiosinc.com slash Kickstarter, and it'll take you right to the page. And get on this book and you know, buy Rog's cover. Yes. That's the last thing. I, buy Rog's cover. That's the last thing I'm going to say That's about it. that. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Michael, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, looks great. And uh, it was a great conversation about Well, just about everything tonight. Yeah, I I dig it, man. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great night.